Whatever crap. I'm making fun of it because I, I love wheat. 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 Wheat with a T. Oh, T. Wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Wheat with a T. <laughs> Definitely. He's a fairly formal goat, but he likes to party. Did you guys know that uh, Pepe Le Pew has been banned from like Looney Tunes because it's offensive to the French, I guess? Cheers. This is a New England. It's supposed to look like orange juice. <laughs> and here we are talking about another beer that looks like orange juice. Uh, it's our latest hazy beer. All the haze. Talking about straight clouds. All the haze, bro. Uh, I, was, I was looking for you to do that a little bit earlier, but you were distracted Sorry. on your phone. <laughs> uh, this is uh, our latest... New England IPA. It's a double dry hopped, double New England IPA. Boom! Coming in. Large. Coming in right around like eight, uh, eight point three ish percent. I think is what we have it listed as. Sure. Um, so it's a it's a big boy, uh, and it's really good. Uh, I am uh, joined here. I'm Justin Neff. Uh, this is Sonder Stories. Thanks for listening. I'm with uh, Luke Shropshire. What up? JP, Jeff Parker, P&P, Danny Harold. Hello. And here we are. So uh, thanks for listening. Chapter 21, I think, is what this is. Yep, 21. Um, we're still, I guess I'm still a little unconfirmed on that, but I trust you, Danny. Mm-hmm. So um, let's jump right in. So this is straight clouds. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the beer. Uh, we've got two guys from production here. Um, Tell me about this beer, Luke. What what uh, makes this beer what it is? Well, uh, I think we should start with the name, right? Go ahead. It's Tell a great, me about it's a great it. name. So I was at Higher Gravity once, and uh, my buddy Todd, uh, he works with PBS, <laughs> he's trying to pitch um, Bell's official beer to me. It's um, it's a it's a hazy beer that they make. He's like, bro, you gotta try this beer, man. It's great. It's fucking straight clouds, straight clouds. I was like, really, straight clouds? I was like, okay. I love that name, and I'm going to name a beer after that one. He's like, all right, man, it's cool with me, dude. Just, like, try the beer. I'm like, no, but thank you. <laughs> so that's when the name came about. I just wanted to get that one out there. Thanks, Todd. It was a beneficial conversation. Yeah. Has, know, has Todd seen and knows that we released I haven't it. talked to him since, but he knows that I was going to do it. Or not me personally, but he knew I was going to recommend for us to have it happen at Sonder. And he was totally down for it. He was like, yeah, man, it's totally cool. Like, <laughs> straight clouds, right? So like, let's do it. It was one of the more seamless, like, naming processes we've had. Ever. Like, yeah. it was just like, oh, our next hazy beer is straight clouds. Sold. Yeah, done. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is dirty, though. It is, it is very dirty. Um, it's, one might say it's straight clouds. <laughs> it's straight, straight and, fire. And by one, I mean Todd would probably say it's Todd straight egg, clouds. Holy shit. Um, so, yeah, this beer, um, this beer basically, um, it's a little bit, the grain bill is a little different from, you betcha, I think we have a little bit more oats in it, obviously it's more malt for the ABV, I think you betcha is what, 6.5? 6.8? 6.8, 8.3? It's 6 somewhere. So, this is a fun one. I feel like all of us should have been able to answer that immediately, and all of us are looking around like, Man, I think it's 6.5, yeah. Jeff six Parker five, at... 6.5 is about right, yeah, yeah. Jeff Parker is the person who, in this world, has consumed the most you betcha. Mark, I think Mark Miller is uh, pressing me for my prowess there's, there's there. There's no shot. There's no <laughs> shot. I, I've drank a lot. I've been drinking a lot recently. So. <laughs> 
I wasn't. By, I wasn't by recently, do you mean like today or just in well, general? Well, like since the last can run, just whatnot. It's re- it was a really good batch, and so I mean, you know, I'm back on it. You know, I kind of try to jump around sometimes, but it's you know, I always come back to you it. You always come home. Always I, w- home. I wasn't necessarily commenting on your drinking habits, just more. <laughs> like, you love you, Betcha. Your beer of choice. Whenever we, you, whenever we need a taste test on like, hey, how's this tasting? Chase and I'm like, let's have Judge Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, it's great. Well, I came in. I think my favorite when I first got like the taste test off the tanks when we were first putting out our first batches. I think lore lore kind of stood out to me as just a clean crushable, and then yeah, you bet you kind of took over. But then straight clouds. I mean, I love this beer. <laughs> so uh, to, to go with our double New England uh, series, so you know, uh, cool hand emoji was first, and then straight clouds is a follow up, and then obviously it's going to continue with more and more. This is just a fun beer. This is one where uh, Chase and I don't really think about constraints. Um, you know, with You Betcha, it's a beer that we brew for the masses, um, something that is quaffable, something that people can go to the store and be like, I just want a New England, but I don't want to feel the fifteen ninety nine four pack. Oh, okay, twelve ninety nine six pack, more ounces. Let's do it. Solid. Know how it's going to be. Uh, this is us. This is kind of like the same sense with Record Hop, where we're having fun with hop. Uh, dry hops and combinations. So with that, more grain, uh, but also different hopping techniques. So for double dry hop, we're doing two different styles with it, uh, without going into it. Um, but it, you know, the first one is done in order to make sure that we're getting full isomerization. Oh, not sorry, isomerization, but um, biotransformation uh, to make sure that we're getting the orange juice characteristic. Um, also keeping making sure that we're not heading uh, a lot of DO, so dissolved oxygen. Um, if you know anything about New England's, when you have dissolved oxygen in it, it'll go brown. So we're trying to keep that at a minimum. Um, and then once fermentation is ceased, we'll go with our second dry hop. And then from there, we'll bomb it. So with this one, we did about 70 kilograms total. So 70 is 140, about 156 pounds for, what is it, 55 barrels total after yeast drops and everything so around two to three pounds per barrel um so this is the biggest we've done it's not a lot compared to a lot of other breweries but for us this is massive um on the cost scale um and on top of that we went with five different hop variants um the two big ones being el dorado Azaka, um kind of giving that tropical flavor and then our favorite hop whole mountain which gives off that nice cantaloupe characteristic <laughs> It does. It does. <laughs> um, and then, you know, after we... We have a lot of whole melon. We, we got... Well, not as much as Clipso. Actually, we're almost out of whole melon. And burning it pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> it puts off a nice, clean flavor on the it does. Side, it does man. give, like, a candle. I actually up, really do like whole melon quite a bit. Calypso's a hard one, but we'll figure it out. Uh, but, yeah, so that's what we're doing. So with this one, it's going to be continuously evolving double New England IPAs. Um, double dry hopped. Um, low bitterness... A lot of frothiness on the flavor, I'm sorry, on the palate um, for mouthfeel, um, dank, high ABV. But the most impressive thing I think about this is not the color, but the the balance between heat and flavor. For an 8.3 beer, this doesn't really drink like an 8.3 beer. Uh, a lot of 8.3 beers have tons, typically have a lot of hot burn um, because a lot of other breweries are kind of dry hopping the crap out of them to the point of death. And there's, you know, you can't lager that thing. You can lager for as long as you want, but those hot particulates aren't going to drop out. 
um, with this one, you're not getting that hot burn, you're not getting the alcohol burn, you're not getting the exhale from you know, your orthonasal, where you're kind of getting that dryness, where you're like, oh, that's a big beer, you know, like kind of take a shot of alcohol. You're really just experiencing a very well executed double New England IPA that gets you really drunk. <laughs> yeah, really drunk. <laughs> So, uh, Danny, you really like this beer as well. I do. What What is it about this beer in particular that you like? Well, I'm a big fan of the style, for sure. Uh, you Betcha is kind of one of my staples that I go to. Uh, it's definitely not a boozy 8.3 by any means. I probably would have guessed lower had I been given the opportunity, like not knowing that it was a double dry hop, double New England. I like that it's a tad bit fruitier than you betcha i feel like i get a little bit more of the juiciness i should say that whole melon baby yeah it's the whole melon (laughs) swimming in whole melon but uh (laughs) i mean it really just does hit you with the double dry hop for sure where you get a lot on the nose the hops really come through on the back end which i like and the juiciness in the front end so it's just a really well-rounded beer jp what about you we i mean this podcast Mm. Even in this podcast, but in others we've talked about, clearly you're uh, a you betcha homeboy. Yeah. Uh, how, how does this stack up, uh, and, and, and what is it about this beer that you love? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think one thing about you betcha is, you know, my normal style, I like bigger beers. I like the, I like the eight and nine percenters. And I think uh, one of the reasons why I like you betcha is, you know, that it, that it kind of has the mouthfeel and, and the stand-up. That it's kind of like you betcha, but it doesn't crush me, you know. Or it's kind of like a kind of like a double, but it doesn't doesn't kill me. But uh, you know, like like Luke said, I love the balance of this beer. Um, and then I think every beer in this series of this di- double dry hop is just going to keep getting better and better because these guys are just like you said. I mean, they're not they're not looking for boundaries on this. They're looking to they're looking to you know take the next technique, text the next next dry hopping technique and really push the boundaries of it and make a better beer every time. And so I definitely like this a little bit better than the. Um, than the cool hand. I mean, the cool hand was amazing. But and you crushed cool hand. I crushed it. Yeah, I did. I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. I, I, I think these these beers are definitely similar, right? Because it's it's in the same it's in that same series of you know the double dry hop, double New England, whatever. Uh, you know, but to me, it's almost it's almost not even fair to compare them because they they feel very very different. Um, and I get why we are comparing them, but um, I mean, even if you take appearance aside, right? This one looks more like that orange juice, uh, you know, which is what you, we've all come to expect from the style, more so than what Cool Hand did. Uh, but it, it's, I think, because of that hop characteristic, it's it's just a completely different beer. And and I think it's fair to say that you could. You could really love both of them. I, I can't imagine there's someone who loved Cool Hand that wouldn't also like this, which doubt. makes them comparable. But I don't think that they're – I don't think it's it's out of bounds for anyone to say, yeah, I really like that beer and I really like this one. Yeah, let's say with I mean, definitely with these, both of them – I'm sorry, both – sorry. With both of these beers, there we go, they're more on the fruity side. They're Definitely. not on the dank side yet. Um, that's something that we haven't done yet. Um, uh, I would say more melony, a little bit more tropical. Um, I would say with the next ones, we'll probably start seeing a lot more dank, West Coasty, not bitter, but just like brash in your face, but kind of like, like piney. Yeah. Like. yeah, a little more Simcoe kind of characteristics where you're kind of in that, you know, that 
that wet hop kind of uh, lime, that zesty lime characteristic they get from that. I'd love to do the side by side, by side by side between the two, but I don't think there's any cool hand emoji. I don't think that I have any exists in the wild anymore. I don't, anymore, right? I don't either. It and was I, all drank so fast. I haven't seen any in the wild in a while, um, which I know didn't didn't not much went out anyway. Yeah. Right. Uh, most of it was tap room only, so I, I yeah I don't I don't think so. Um, if any of our listeners have a four pack or even a can of Cool Hand, I will do you a swap of Stray Clouds. How about that? Dang. Noise. Noise. I like that. Yeah. I like so that. Hit me up. Let me know. It. Yeah. So, so on that note, um, that's something uh, that that we're doing with this series. I I don't I don't know that I love calling it a series because I think it's it's this is a fun beer for us that's kind of evolving and. And this style is something that as we do it, especially now that we have our can line, it's something we can choose to can or not choose to can or whatever that looks like, right? But, uh, but this was one that we decided to throw in 16-ounce four-packs. We started in a tap room, uh, and, and, and much like Frosted, we increased the amount of this beer. So we will send probably a little bit into distro at some point um, over the next couple of weeks, uh, unless it goes gangbusters in the tap room here. But... Um, but what do you guys think that future looks like uh, from a production standpoint? Do you, do you see this as something that we would continue to maintain both in draft and package? Or oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, I mean, this, this is fun. Like, uh, everybody wants to double. Um, no one really wants to double West Coast, um, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully we'll see that um, resurge in the future. Um, yeah, I think that pendulum will swing back. Yeah, I'm, I'm down to get back into the old classic styles of browns, not browns. I'm, you know, almost to the point of getting back to my roots starting at Mount Carmel where it was literally just IPA, stout, blonde, not brown, amber. You know, like, I, there's nothing wrong with that style. Like, it, it takes a lot of experience in order to actually kind of produce a simple beer just like that. You know, when you're doing a double New England... Just a double in general when you're literally just dry hopping the crap out of it. You can hide a lot of flaws with that. And, you know, it is what it is. Um, a lot of people can make really good beers with that. But, you know, going back to the simplistics, and maybe that's another reason why they're not, because it's just so simple. It's just to the point. But, you know, I would like to see that happen. Anyways, that's a tangent. But, um, yeah, I could definitely see these beers taking off because, um, you know, it, it's fun. You know, it's, um, it's a one-off. It's a chance for us to buy a box of expensive hops to kind of um, show the characteristics of them and show uh, what we can do with them, um, not having to contract out a specific amount um, and continuously redo over and over again, um, you know, with the new hop ones coming out um, and new experimentals. Uh, you know, with, with this Double New England, we could definitely have some fun with it. Again, like I was saying, with the record hop, this is just a way for us to explore hop combos and what we can push and what we can't, what we can blend and what we can get out of it and what we can't. And then, um, you know, doesn't mean that maybe a version or maybe, you know, the next Double New England IPA might become a new staple because it turns out the way that we think it should, you know, and we were like, well, this is perfect. Let's just do it, you know. So it's it's more opportunity for us on the production side and the sales team, you know, to kind of make a new product and go that route. Do you feel like a double West Coast wouldn't succeed just because it would be so hop forward? Like, it'd be hard to put down more than 10 ounces of a double West Coast. So it kind of goes back to the last podcast, Podcast 20, when Justin <laughs> asked about how I, how we thought about 
um, milkshakes kind of taking off and evolving. And, you know, when he asked me my question about it and I went into the, the thing about, you know, people do it their own way. So the beauty of craft beer is, and just the beauty in general of brewing beer is, you know, especially in America, we don't have to do the right high school boat, you know, where by law we have to do it or we're not getting our tax incentive or whatever the hell it works over there in Germany. But, you know, over here we can, we can brew it the way we want to do it. So a double West Coast could be maybe we brew it where it's not bitter, but it's just bombs in your face of pine, dank, and citrus, and it's just really smooth. But we call that our double West Coast. I think that would be really good. It would just take a lot of skill and effort that I think maybe a lot of people don't potentially have, but I think you and Chase could very well pull off. Yeah, it, it, would, it would also come down to the marketing and how it'd be shown to the people. For sure. You know, because the brewers see it one way, the public sees it a totally different way than we do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you know, Chase and I, and well, unfortunately, Jeff's not on the production side anymore. He's not packaging manager, but floats. Congrats to Jeff, though. Floater, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, when we see kind of beers like that that we want to do, you know, sometimes the way that Chase and I want to see it done isn't the way that the public wants to see it done, you know, and that's kind of the issue. So, if we call it a double West Coast, you obviously get those trolls being like, oh, it's not bitter enough. Like, this should be like palate record from Green Slash. Like, I shouldn't be able to taste anything. It's like, well, you know, we're a company. We're a business. we got to make money. We're going to have to tweak it the way that's going to sell. For sure. You know, you know I, I look at... Jeff, you talked about this on, on... It may have been your podcast, your story, but uh, we've talked about Pliny the Elder on here. Oh, yeah. And uh, Pliny, to me, was... It's still a novelty, right? Like, there are people who go out west and, and they hunt for Pliny the Elder, right? Even though Russian River just built this new $19 million facility or whatever, uh, they still have done a great job of keeping a beer like Pliny the Elder somewhat limited and hard to find. And it's still a beer that people hunt down. However, uh, it's, it's probably not even, I, I would I would guess for most people that travel out there, it's probably not even on like the top five list of what beer geeks who are traveling out there are seeking out. And, and that's just because of the nature of where we're at right now, I think, uh, in the industry. And, and uh, I think a lot of us at this table might disagree uh, with, with what a lot of, of beer consumers are searching for in terms of good beer. Uh, the reality is uh, what people are buying is what's selling, right? And so you still have to, to, to try to, to make beer that's going to sell, right? Uh, but at the same time, we, we have to stick true to who we are. We have to stick true to, to, to what we know and, and what we want to be. Uh, I think, in my opinion, Straight Clouds is a good example of that. So this beer isn't, isn't something that veers too far off of who we are. Um, it's not, uh, it, it fits our culture, right? Uh, but it, it's, it's still not just a geeky beer. It's a beer that could appeal to somebody who may like Pliny uh, or somebody that would like You Betcha, right? Um, well, e- even more than that, I think it, it like caters to some of your not even beer drinkers. With the higher ABV, I think it caters to a lot of your wine drinkers. Um, I, I had a lot of people uh, when I was with Paradune who, who would come in and, you know, well, my wife doesn't really like beer, blah, blah, blah. And we'd be like, well, taste this, taste this, taste this. And sometimes, you know, these people would taste the hoppiest thing out there and be like, oh, my gosh, I love this. 
what is this? And, and with this being such a crushable double and that higher ABV, because, you know, a lot of people don't want to don't sit there and pound eight to ten beers. And, you know, they want to come in, have two or three, sip on, on them casually, and, and this is one of those casual sippers. But it's got a ton of flavor and it's totally crushable, so it can get you in trouble. But, but I feel like, you know, even though it is kind of a niche beer and a geek beer, um, it's still a good gateway beer for, for a lot of other people, you know. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a definitely a fair assessment. Mm. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, so another one's on the horizon, or something similar to this, Luke. Uh, something that. Yeah, I would say so. Um, it's just uh, what hops we get. We can get down. Um, we definitely contracted out some hops, uh, some different varietals that we haven't used yet. Um, that I'm excited to try. Also, the spot hop market is pretty cool. Um, what we can get, but you know, a lot of things. I don't know if I kind of said it a lot, but you know, I'm, I'm traditional old school. I like I like a lot of the old school stuff because it's just tried true. At the end of the day, when you look at everything, you know, you look at fashion. I always like using that, the analogy for craft beer. What started always comes back. So plaid will come back. You know, it's come back before. Like you, plaid never went out, baby. <laughs> right. So you look at that stuff. That's how I view craft beer. And my favorite thing is is especially now. You know, you're starting to see a lot of breweries in Cincinnati are pumping out lagers. You know, it's a lot of lagers. Even the big hazy boys are doing lagers, you know, because they can't, they can't dismiss that fan base. Um, and that's, that's exciting to me. So, you know, old school doesn't fail. And sometimes it takes you back to, like, oh, you know, this reminds me of the first, you know, beer of this style they've had. So, like... You know, I, I mentioned Pallet Wrecker and, you know, West Coast IPA, you know, from Green Flash. You know, whatever you can brew that brings back a memory is what's most important, I feel like. Because when it brings back a memory, it's something that stays with you forever and you can't forget. And so that's kind of how I can view beer can do on some things. Like when I've quoted in the past on a lot of things, when, um, you know, Justin has said, what's your favorite drinking, mem- like, drinking memory? Drinking, you know... Still, lambic at Cantillon in Belgium. I mean, that's a memory I'll never forget. But like, if someone tried a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale or Torpedo, and we produce a beer just like that, you know, and then they try, they're like, "Oh, whoa, déjà vu!" Like, I feel like I've tried this before. Like, this, this, that's the memory that we got to create. You know, you don't have to come out with the craziest, newest styles all the time. It's really just taking it back to the classics. That's good. Uh, and and what I was going to do, you segued into perfectly. Uh, I saw you trying to talk, and I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to keep rolling this train. <laughs> well, the I best part is... pronounced Cantillion. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Yeah, we're not going to We're not going to get into the word police with Luke. Uh, one of the things, so in a few of the podcasts, I've I've wrapped up with a question so that people could get to know a little bit, a, a little about us. Uh, one of the questions I was going to ask uh, today, uh, you just nailed on the head, but I was going to keep true to the theme of of the Imperial IPA. So, uh, what is something for the three of you that uh, elicits a memory? What is it about? Like, when do you remember maybe your first Imperial IPA or, or ah memory about an Imperial IPA that just uh, strikes something for you uh, from a nostalgia standpoint? 
and I see all of you racking your brain. This was not uh, prepped ahead of time. This is totally off the cuff. Um, yeah, I, that's a tough one. I can actually I can give uh, one of mine while you guys think about it. Luke, do you have one? I saw you start to. Yeah, pop it's. Um, I wouldn't say it was a, a positive one, but oh um, goodness, it was definitely <laughs> okay. how I kind of got into the doubles, and maybe it's kind of what turned me off to them in general, and why I never kind of succeeded or went into the the IPA style when I was a home brewer. But um, Dogfish ninety minute that one um that one ripped my mouth off and i was like this is disgusting and i will never drink this again <laughs> and ever since then i just associated double new england's or i'm sorry double ipas with that and unfortunately it was a bad experience because it was just like you know back then i was a college kid i was like well what's the highest abv that gets me drunk you know because i don't want to drink five beers i want to get wasted you know you try and you're like Boo. you know the bitterness and the booze and just I'm sure the bottle was warm when I tried it too, so it was even worse. <laughs> well, Dan, I mean, what about 120, man? I mean, I, I can't well, that was basically a barley exactly, wine. Exactly, exactly. Not really that was illegal too at the time when I was drinking uh, back yeah. in Ohio. It was, yeah, in yeah. Ohio. Well, I think they put out a version in Ohio that was 11 or something. Yeah, something like that. That's right? wrong. Or at least <laughs> 11.99 is what they put yeah. on the label there. So, so uh, Danny, PMP, uh, JP, what, what do you guys have? Any memories of. Imperial IPA is good or bad that just that stick out for you? I've never been a big double guy. I like this double New England a lot, um, but I love the New England style. I know a double IPA that I know that I really enjoyed that I actually went back for another was when I was visiting a friend in Birmingham. So Good People has Snake Handler double IPA that's really Ooh, good. Nice. You had Good People? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't tried it, but I heard really good things. Their beer's good. I've been to their brewery in Birmingham a couple times. It's a good time. Are you a frat boy? No, I'm not part of a frat. Xavier didn't even have frats. Oh. What, why do you... What, what, yeah, what's, I'm, what I'm is confused this? by that question, too. Yeah. I don't know. We should just add this one up. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> that's what frat boys do, dog. They hang out in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> well, my friend lives there, so... <laughs> tell us. Tell us more about your friend in Alabama. Good people make some good beer. I like Bearded Lady a lot. It's a wheat ale. Their IPA is very good. But I remember having their double IPA and being skeptical going into it, not liking doubles previously, and thinking it was pretty good, and I got another. so That's good. JP? Nice. I have a lot of nostalgia. There were uh, a few beers that, uh, that BJ's put out when I was working for them back in the day, and uh, they had this Goliath... Um, it was a double red IPA, and I, I really like a like a red IPA, I like a little battle between malt and hops in there, you know. But uh, I feel like uh, like that one, you know, we were able to kind of bring it into the store, and we had this big hype about it because it was kind of BJ's first double that came out, you know, across the country, and uh, it was a lot of fun. We took a keg of it up to Paradoon and. Uh, had a few rowdy days with it. It was great. That's awesome. But with doubles, I mean, you're asking, what do you remember about doubles? And I'm like, well, you know, at first you taste them, it's great. But then that night, you know, you if you're drinking anything. doubles, like, yeah, you're not remembering anything. You drink double IPAs, though. Mine is, um, mine's a memory when we first moved into our house here in Cincinnati. Um, we were... Uh, I, I was a home brewer for a long time. and Liz is a real hobby person, too. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. She loves, like, more hops the better, right? Wow. She loves it. So we were moving in uh, to our house, and right after we moved in, uh, our, our neighbors across the street, uh, this guy runs over, and uh, he's like, hey, uh, do you guys need any help? Uh, can I get you anything? I'm like, 
no, man, we're still unloading the truck. And I, I don't know if it was, it must have just been like written all over my face or whatever, but he's like, hey, do you like beer? <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, I, I do. And he goes, I, I have some hop slam. Do you like hop slam? And I was like, well, I've actually never had it because in Chicago it was so hyped that, and I was always working that literally, like at the time, this was 2012 or 11 or whatever it was. But real fast, isn't it sad to think back in those days, these beers that were so hyped that are now just so easy to access? It, it does make me if sad. If only we could go back in time and it, just trade. Dude, it, it does make the- me sad. I actually just saw the announcement today that Surly hit Ohio. And I remember when I used to trade for Surly. I actually Dang. didn't know Hop Slam was like a desirable, dude, like tradable dude, I, beer. I'm not kidding. It used to be six pack limit, like you could only okay. have a six pack at a time. So, so White uh, Raja, remember when White Raja dude. was trading West Coast? Yep. So anyway, so uh, I was like, well, we're moving in. Uh, maybe tomorrow we can get beers, whatever. Well, it was it was Brad Meisner, so it was it was Jen and Brad. So we Liz and I go over the next night. That was the first night we ever hung out with them. We'd lived there for a day. And we, cru- uh, I think all four of us each had ah, ah, hop slam, because I think it was only four packs at the time. Ah uh, means so, one, correct. Ah, like, like, <laughs> like in Wayne's World. Uh, we each had one hop slam. And then every year when it would hit, we would all try to, like, rush out and get one. And every year, and this is still true to this day, as much as I, can, I, I think so. I think we did it this year. But uh, every year, so hop slam became, like, Liz's favorite beer and, Every year when that beer hits, that, that we would all try to get one, and then us and the misers would all get together, and we would drink Hop Slam. And it was like this super cool tradition and memory for me that will always stick around. Uh, and it, it was this super big Imperial IPA that, um, for me, was this beer was more nostalgic than it was that I loved it. Um, I still really like the beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just, it's just like this cool memory. Luke, I totally resonate with what, you're, what you said earlier, like, I, I, like, totally dream about and think about how cool it would be if we could produce a hop slam for somebody, right? Like, if we could produce this beer that is super nostalgic for families, like, like hop slam truly brought my family and the Miser's family together just through a beer, right? Which is mm-hmm. super cool. If we were able to do that for somebody, I think about that. That's, that's, a, that's a cool thing. Well, and then Hop Slam, they their extra fermentables come from honey, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I think that you know sets it apart from kind of a lot of other doubles yeah. in flavor and whatnot. But yeah, I love Hop Slam. Yeah, I have another night uh, Hop Slam night. I don't remember much of it. I enjoyed myself though. <laughs> I, I, I may or may not have. I woke up happy. So I, I went to I went and saw horseshoes and hand grenades down at like Madison Live downtown. <laughs> My brother in law just kept pumping me. Hey, I have another Hop Slam. Well, hop it's, slam. it's funny you talk about how there's all these beers that used to be super limited. And now you can get anywhere. Yeah. Hop Slam's a great example of that, and particularly yeah. with Brad and I. Brad and I used to text like. The day before it would hit, like I remember, Brad used to go to O'Brien's for like a month leading up, and he'd ask Ben and Andrew like every day, like, "Hey, uh, so when's Hop Slam? When's yeah. Hop Slam hitting?" And they'd give him a day, and like we would line up, we'd get, and then I remember when they they increased the allocation to a case, we'd buy a case, right? Like, well, then after a couple of years, there's so much of it now you can buy the freaking pony keg, <laughs> right? Well, one night when we they were all always have out, six packs available, right? Or am I making that up? Of like hop slam year round. I mean, they do it twice. No, a no, year no, no, no. Right? It hits once a year. It hits oh. like January, February ish. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like just somewhere between December and whatever. 
But but we uh, now you can get when they hit it to your point, Danny. I mean, where you're at is it's not limited anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So they, it's so much so that they started releasing it in the, the little like Pony you know, like the Heineken keg yeah. kind of things. Well, wh- one year when it hit, we bought one of those and tried to polish it in a night. That's trouble. And dude. there's a fantastic photo of Brad Meisner floating around. We finally kicked it, and Brad is on one knee with his arm in the air, and he's just holding the keg like this. <laughs> it's a fantastic photo. If you see him floating around and ask him about it, it's fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. That's silly. But, okay, so, uh, all right, everybody has beer in their glasses, right? It's hot. A little bit, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for everything you do to make, uh, to make straight clouds. It's a pleasure. Um, thank you for giving us the opportunity <laughs> to do so. Just give me that, that uh, open checkbook, baby. <laughs> That's not that I can make money, dreams baby. happen. Nope. <laughs> nope, don't like that. Nope. Uh, thank you to all the listeners who continue to listen. Um, reach out. Uh, let us know. Contact us at Sonder Brewing. I actually would like to know, if anyone's listening, I would like to know some of your favorite hops. So what, as a consumer... If you're, a, if you're a consumer that likes a certain hop, let us know what it is. I'd be, you know, we just, we just listened to Luke talk about how they're going to get super creative with this style. And they're going to they're gonna utilize different hops and try to just have a lot of fun with this. Well, let us know what hops you'd like to see. Um, and, uh, and, and would love to, uh, to try to, to make you guys happy and make something that you want to drink. So. If your favorite hop is Mosaic, we can be friends. Uh, I mean, if all of you just want to email in Nelson, awesome. you could probably be friends with Danny anyway. If you, if you That's like true. Him, That's he's, true. He's a pretty likable guy. Danny's a cool cat. <laughs> you probably could submit anything and we could be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>